Once again, thank you for joining us tonight. We really appreciate you. Uh, my name is Dr. Abraham Manasseh, as always. Thank you for joining us. I believe God has something great for you tonight. Please check our previous Bible studies at drmanasseh.com. Uh, once you visit there, you'll be able to access our previous Bible studies. But not only our Bible studies, you know, I'm giving out a book uh, that we have co-authored. It's called Increase Your Value. Increase Your Value. So you can go to drmanasseh.org or drmanasseh.com and just click contact us. When you click contact us, then uh, and complete your, just give us your details, your email address and your phone number, then we'll uh, definitely send you the book immediately and i know it's going to be very very helpful once you get that book it will change your life it will change your destiny it will help you understand some few things in life today we'll continue with our topic hope in a hopeless situation and we'll focus on joseph hope in a hopeless situation and we'll, we'll focus on joseph I'm writing a book, and the title of the book is Leading from the Second Chair. So all that I'm going to share with you tonight, it's one of the chapters that I have on that book. And I'll let you know once the book has been published. So whatever I'm going to share tonight, you'll find it in that book that I'm in that book that I'm that I'm writing. Joseph is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. His story is a tale of jealousy, deceit, slavery, misrepresentation, injustice, lust, rivalry, fear, and it closes with forgiveness and reconciliation. In spite of all these contradictions, at the end, we see the power of forgiveness and reconciliation. That is, that is how Joseph's story ends. I don't know what you are going through tonight. I don't know what you have gone through in your life. But my question is, how will your story end? How will your story end? And that is the most important thing that you should understand. That's why tonight I want us to look at the global view of life, the global understanding of life. We have to understand that life is not a straight line. And we'll see that through the life of Joseph tonight. Life has its ups and downs. Life is full of mountains and valleys. Life is full of the years of plenty, but also the years of famine. And as I'm speaking right now, some of you are going through the mountains in your life. Some of you are going through the valleys of life. Some of you are enjoying the plenty seven years in your life. But some of you are going through famine, bankruptcy, no job. No money. The relationship is dying. Nothing looks exciting. Failure of your business. But that's part of life. That's how life is. That's how life is. You know, Joseph's story is a life-sized illustration of Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Where the Bible says, and we know, we are assured, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Now, what we're going to look at today, it's two things only, then we'll close. Number one, we'll look at the hopeless life of Joseph. His life looked so hopeless there was no ray of success in him. But also we look at the lessons that we can learn. The lessons of hope for our situation. The lessons of hope for our situation. 
I want us to look at this uh, illustration here. You know, when we bake a cake, we need some ingredients. I'm not, I'm not a baker, but I've seen my wife bake, and I've seen other people bake. And there are some ingredients that we need. And, you know, sometimes we need things like uh, cooking oil, we need milk, we need flour, we need eggs, we need sugar, cinnamon, and all this kind of stuff that we, uh, that we use, maybe even butter and other stuff. This is what we need to make a cake. And all these things, as we look at them individually, they don't look like something appealing. You can't just eat butter by itself or flour by itself. Well, at least milk, you can drink it. But all the other stuff, you know, you can't just start just consuming sugar, raw as it is. Or you just get some raw eggs and start eating them. It will look so weird. In other words, as individual ingredients, it doesn't make sense. But look at the final product of all that we're looking at. The final product is totally different from the ingredients. We have a delicious cake that came out of all those ingredients. The ingredients and the final product, they look so different. The cake is edible and it's more delicious than the individual ingredients. Individual ingredients are not edible. And for you, you know, to come out like a delicious cake, you need all these different ingredients of life. You need to go through all these experiences in life to become the final product that God wants you to be. And in most cases, we pray and say, Lord, help me become who you want me to be. And for you to become who you want to be, you have to, you need all those different ingredients. You need the different experiences that you go through in life. You know, as we can't isolate ingredients and enjoy them individually as they are, because ingredients as they are, they are not as nice as a cake when it's complete. So every experience that we go through in life, it counts. Most of our isolated life experiences are painful. They are painful. As we can't enjoy the individual or isolated ingredients of a cake, the same thing with our individual experiences. Individual or isolated life experiences are painful. They are not enjoyable at all. Maybe as I'm speaking right now, you grew up in a family that is dysfunctional. There was no good relationship between you and your brothers. There was no good relationship between you and your parents. There was no good relationship between you and your cousins and your aunts and whosoever was around you. Maybe you did not grow even in a family where there was a father and a mother. Maybe you grew up in your uncle's home, your grandma's home, your grandfather's home. Maybe somebody in church, they decided to adopt you because your parents could not afford or they were not available to take care of you. Maybe as I'm speaking right now, you just experienced a broken relationship. You just went through a divorce. Maybe as I'm speaking right now, you just lost your friend. Or you lost your colleague. Or you lost a family member through COVID-19. You have been through, through rejection. Maybe as I'm speaking right now, maybe you have been rejected by your wife. Maybe you have been rejected by your husband and he spoke bad things about you. He told you very difficult words, tough words. Maybe you say to yourself, I will never trust a man again. I will never trust my life or put my life at risk again. I will never trust a woman again. Maybe you have been rejected by your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whosoever in your life. Maybe you are rejected in your WhatsApp group. You know, they, they form a committee and they have a WhatsApp group. Then they have a sub-WhatsApp group. Then they exclude you. So they have a group inside the group. And the day you discover it, you realize, oh, actually I've been excluded. Maybe you've been rejected by your family. 
or rejected by your church or rejected by your pastor. Maybe as I'm speaking right now, you are going through a very difficult time. You are working under a very difficult school principal or a difficult HOD or a difficult boss or a very difficult manager. You know, it reminds me of this manager who just started a job in the office. And after a week that he has been there, then his PA, one day she went out for lunch and he passed by her desk and he saw a book that she was reading. And the title of the book is How to Tolerate a Difficult Manager. <laughs> and that spoke volumes to that new manager. <laughs> she only worked with him just for a week. But then she, she realized that I have to buy this book. Maybe as I'm speaking right now, you have been abused. I'm sorry for all your pain. I pray that God may heal you. I pray that God may comfort you. But remember, when you bake your cake, when you bake your cake, every ingredient is important. All those painful experiences that I just mentioned, will play a very important role later in your life. Don't look at that experience as an isolated experience. Because if Joseph looked at his personal experiences as individual experience, he will not have reached where he reached. God is always focusing on the bigger picture. God is focusing on what has happened in the past. God is able to see what is happening now. And God knows what will happen in the future. He knows what you will need. And unfortunately, as human beings, we respond to situation based on what we see right now. Because we are short-sighted. All of us are short-sighted. We can't tell, we can't see what will happen tomorrow. Only God knows. And God knows how to prepare you for tomorrow. God knows how to prepare you for next week. God knows how to prepare you for next year. God knows how to prepare you for 10 years to come. God is looking at the bigger picture. Let me quickly go through this and show you something. And give you this illustration. There was this guy who was working uh, in a company that they, you know, they were making furniture. So as they make furniture, there is this sawdust that is left. And one day he passed through the security gate pushing a wheelbarrow. And as he was pushing a wheelbarrow, the security guard, he stopped him and he said, what is inside that, inside that, uh, that wheelbarrow? And this gentleman, he said, oh, it's nothing. It's a small box. A box? Yeah, it's a very small box, like very, very small box. And he said, okay, let me see what's inside that box. He said, no, there's nothing. It's just a sawdust. What? A sawdust? Yes, just a sawdust. And surely the security guard wanted to satisfy himself. And he opened that small box and he found that, yeah, it's just sawdust. And he said, okay, you can go. The next day, he did the same thing and he let him go. The third day, he let him go. The fourth day, he let him go. The fifth day, the security guard said, no, man, there is something that I do not understand. Please tell me. What's going on? What is it that's inside that? We said, no, as always, it's just a box, small box of sawdust inside. And he, he pulled him aside and said, please tell me what's actually going on. And the gentleman said to the security guard, if you can assure me that you're not going to report me to the uh, management, I will tell you what's going on. And he said, please tell me, I'm not going to report you. And the gentleman said to the security guard, he said, every time you see me pass here, I'm pushing a wheelbarrow with a small box of sawdust and I take it home. The next day when I come back home, when I come back to work, I'm not coming back with a wheelbarrow. So every time when I pass through the gate, help while I'm stealing a wheelbarrow. Wow, wow, wow. So now he has about five or ten wheelbarrows at home. Because the security guard was not focusing on the wheelbarrow, he was focusing on the small box. Had he looked at the bigger picture, he would have seen that this guy is stealing a wheelbarrow. In most cases, most of us, 
We are focusing so much on small things in our lives. We, we, we don't see the bigger picture. We don't see the bigger picture. We are focusing on the small bulk of our lives. We are not focusing on the wheelbarrow that is being stolen. We are not focusing on our dreams. We are not focusing on our vision. We are just focusing on the little things, the little details of what's going on every day in our lives. And that is the small box while the wheelbarrow is being stolen in our lives. I want us to look at Joseph. His life was filled with dark, difficult experiences. Yet the final outcome was amazing. The final outcome was a great outcome. Joseph teaches us about how to deal with the pain and the contradictions of our own lives. And that's what we learn from Joseph. And as you go through the story of Joseph, the Bible keeps on emphasizing that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Even when he went through the most difficult time, the Bible keeps on saying the Lord was with Joseph. Even when he was in prison, the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. Let me assure you, my brother. Let me assure you, my sister. Whatever you're going through, the Lord is with you. No matter what you're going through tonight, no matter your difficult situation tonight, the Lord is still with you. The Lord is still with you. Joseph overcame the physical battle. He overcame the spiritual battles. He overcame even the emotional battles. And it's my prayer that you will also be able to overcome your emotional battles that you are going through, your spiritual struggles that you are going through right now, even some of the physical struggles and battles that you are going through right now. You know, sometimes you ask yourself a lot of questions, especially when something bad just happened. We have a lot of long list of questions, and some of us will still have the questions. How can I go through this? How can I lose my brother? How can I lose my mother? How can I lose my grandma? A lot of questions. But Joseph, even though he did not have answers to all his questions, he never gave up on his dreams. He never gave up on his dreams. Please don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. In most cases, we focus on the what is on the what. And God is focusing on the why. We, we focus on what is happening right now. We focus on what you are going through right now. And God focuses on the why. And the why, that is where the purpose lies. There is a purpose. We may not understand. Whatever we go through in our lives, whatever difficulties or challenges that we go through in our lives, it may come from any of these three sources. Number one, it may come from the devil. It may come from God. Or it may come from ourselves. You know, the devil can use people to inflict us. And God may allow situations just like he did with Job. But sometimes we've gone through difficult and challenging situations just because of the previous decisions we have made in our lives. Sometimes we made bad decisions. You just have to accept, I made a bad decision. I said something wrong. We just have to accept it. We just have to admit. We don't have to blame the devil for everything. Sometimes it's our own mistakes. Just admit I made a mistake. That's why I'm, this, I'm in this mess. That's why I'm in this situation. I just blundered. But the Bible says God does not care where it comes from. It does not matter where it comes from. The Bible says all those situations, whether it was caused by the devil, whether it was caused allowed by God, whether we, we caused it ourselves, the Bible says it does not matter. In all these things, God can make the final end work together for our good. And in most cases, when we, when we go through challenges, through difficult situations, we ask ourselves, does this come from the devil? Is this from God? To me, it does not matter where it comes from. God says at the end of it all, He can use all those situations to work for our good. To work for the goodness of those who trust Him. The final outcome is the same. The full account of Joseph's suffering is 
in the book of Genesis from chapter 37 to chapter 50. When you get a chance, please go through that. We're not going to have time to read through all this, or about 13 chapters. But let's quickly go through. I want to give you a, a, a snapshot of, I mean, a, a snapshot of Joseph and where he comes from. Joseph was the descendant of Abraham. Abraham had three uh, women or three wives, we put it that way. Uh, we have Hagar, we have Sarah, and we have Keturah. We know the story between Hagar and Sarah. Keturah is the wife that he took uh, <clears throat> after Sarah died. Now, out of Hagar, Ishmael was born. And this is, this is very important for us to understand. Out of Hagar, Ishmael was born. But Ishmael was not the son of the promise. The son of the promise was Isaac, who was born or who came through Sarah. And Sarah gave birth to Isaac. Isaac married Rebekah. And Rebekah had a son. And the son's name was Jacob. And Jacob later was changed, his name was changed to Israel. So Rebekah's children were two, Jacob and Esau. We are not going to talk about Esau today. Let's focus on Jacob, whose name later was changed to Israel. So Jacob initially wanted to marry Rachel. But Laban, his father-in-law, you know, he played some tricks with him. And he gave him Leah. But that's not the wife that he wanted to marry. So he had to work for another uh, uh, seven years for Leah, I mean for, for Rachel. And he stayed with him for about 14 years. And when he wanted to leave, he said, no, he cannot leave. And he stayed with him for six more years. So what happened is Rachel gave birth to, uh, one of the children that he gave birth to was Joseph on the right, was Joseph. So we see Joseph and Benjamin, those are the two children who were born out of Rachel. And Joseph had two sons, and that is Manasseh and Ephraim. But when you look at Leah's children, we had uh, we have Reuben, we have Simeon, we have Levi, Levi, and we have Judah, uh, who out of his lineage came out David and Jesus. That's why we call Jesus the line of Judah, and that's where it comes from. Jesus, son of David, that's where it comes from. So now we start to understand why he was referred to as the son of David and the Lion of Judah. It's because he was uh, born out of one of those tribes of Israel. Israel simply means Jacob. Now I want us to connect Ishmael. Out of Ishmael came out the Ishmaelites, and we'll see them later. So, in other words, we have Ishmael, whose brother was Isaac. So, out of Isaac, we end up having the children of Israel. And that's where Joseph came from. Let's look at the first 30 years of Joseph's life. One of the things that we see about Joseph is his life did not, I mean, his parents did not like, they did not believe in his dream. They did not believe in his dream. He shared the dream with them and they rejected it. And they say, you think we as your parents can bow before you? No, no, that will not happen. His brothers hated him. They did not want to hear anything about Joseph. They hated him. Because they also believed that Joseph was the favorite son of his parents. Another thing is of all the people, you remember the Ishmaelites? His cousins? They are the ones who sold him to Potiphar. Do you see the connection here? The people who sold Joseph the people who bought Joseph and sold him to, to Potiphar in Egypt, those were his cousins. Those were his cousins. They were connected, they were related. It was not strangers who sold him. And when they sold him, they sold him to Potiphar. Do you know who Potiphar was? Potiphar was the chief executor. In other words, he's the one when... Uh, when somebody, when a prisoner has been uh, judged and is given a death sentence, Potiphar's duty was to kill people, was to execute people. That was his job. 
And that's the last person you love to you love to work for. That's the last person you love to work for. Potiphar was not a good manager. He was not a good guy to work for. He was not a good person to work for. He was a very difficult person to work for. But that's a person that Joseph was sold to. That is the person that Joseph was sold to. Now, I want us to focus on another thing that we see. Uh, I want us to see what went through uh, Joseph's life at that time. Joseph went through a very difficult time. Joseph went through a very difficult time because everything that he went through, there was nothing good to celebrate in his life. There was nothing good to celebrate in Joseph's life. There was nothing good that you can say uh, Joseph had to enjoy. Right from his early age, from his early stage, he was still young, but he went through a very difficult time. Let's see what he went through after he was, uh, he was sold as a slave to Potiphar. Potiphar's wife lied about him. We all know the story. And this is a family that Joseph worked for. He was so loyal. He was so devoted to them for years. But she alleged that he raped her. And after that, Joseph was sent to prison. And his fellow prisoner forgot about him for about two years. You remember that the prisoner that Joseph interpreted his dream. And he said to him, you know what? In the next three days, Pharaoh will let you out. And you're going back to, uh, to work for him again. And Joseph said some few words in Genesis chapter 40 verse 14. He says, and please remember me. And do me a favor when things go well with you. Wow, wow. I wonder how many people have said that to their friends. How many people you have said to, to them when you help them during their difficult times. And you say, please don't forget me. Remember me. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. It must have been a very difficult place. It must have been a very difficult prison. Probably the maximum security prison, kind of. And Joseph, he repeats his story. I'm sure he shared this story with this man many times when they were in prison, when they shared meals, when they were sleeping. When, and he would always keep repeating his story of how he left his house, how he was sold by his brothers, how he was sold to his cousins, how he was sold to uh, Potiphar. And all those stories, he kept on repeating those stories. And verse 15, he says, For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison. I, I could imagine, and I could see him crying as he was saying these words. And finally he says, But I did nothing to deserve it. I did nothing to deserve this. How many of us are saying this right now? Whatever you're going through, you know you don't deserve it. And verse 23, the Bible says, Pharaoh's chief cup Baron, however, he forgot all about Joseph. When he was out, he forgot about Joseph. For two years, never been giving him another thought. He never thought about him. He never thought about him. If it was today, you send him a text message, he will not even respond. Maybe he will even block you on WhatsApp. He says, I have nothing to do with this, uh, with this prisoner, this boy. I don't have anything to do with guys, with these guys. Don't bother me, please. I don't hear anything about you. And maybe Joseph will try to send people and say, can you go and tell him I'm still here? Can you go and remind him of what I requested? And the guy kept on, you know, ignoring him. Let's quickly go through the lifetime uh, of Joseph's life. Like I said, Joseph was born uh, in Paden Aram. And that's where Laban lived. That's where Laban lived. Then six years later, Laban released them. So when Laban released Jacob and his two wives, Rachel and, and Leah, 
Joseph was six years old at that time. And at 17 years old, Joseph was sold as a slave. He was sold as a slave. So he was still young. He was about 17 years. Just imagine a 17-year-old boy. And he became a slave to the most brutal master, Potiphar. When he was 28 years old, he interpreted the dream. You remember the dream of, the, uh, of, of Pharaoh? So he interpreted the dream of uh, Pharaoh's butler and the baker. They were still in prison. And two years later, he still forgot about him. And one day, Pharaoh had a dream. And he could not interpret it. So he asked somebody to interpret it. And that, that guy, that butler, that cupbearer, he remembered, oh, there is this Joseph. He's still in prison. He could interpret dream. And that's when he called him. That's when they called him. And he interpreted the dream. So he was 30 years at that point. In the morning he woke up a prisoner. And he was invited to go to Pharaoh's house. Or the Pharaoh's uh, courtier. To interpret his dream. By the end of the day. He was the prime minister. He woke up a prisoner. He went to sleep. As a prime minister of Egypt. That's how God works. God can change your situation overnight. Don't give up on your dreams. Now, you remember he said there will be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Now, the first seven years of plenty, they continued and, and they ended when Joseph was 37 years old. And from there, two years later, when the famine started, two years later, his family came. We know the story of his brothers who came and wanted to buy grain. So they came to buy grain. They came and they moved in. And then they stayed with him. Unfortunately, unfortunately Jacob was still alive. And Jacob also came with them. And 50, when, when, when Joseph was 56, that's when his father died. In actual fact, we don't have time today. But if we had time to go through the timeline, you will realize that when Joseph was born, Isaac, the grandfather, was still alive. Isaac was still alive. So Isaac was still alive when Joseph was born. In actual fact, Joseph, I mean Isaac died one year before Joseph became the prime minister of Egypt. But that's a topic for another day. We'll talk about that later. So Joseph lived about 110 years uh, throughout his life. Now let's go quickly go through and see the life of Joseph. And this is very interesting. The life of Joseph was very interesting. What we see here, as he grew up, and when he was still young, he was a most separate son. Of his father Jacob. But he was sold to slavery. Went down. And he became Potiphar's household manager. He was, you know, he was he was he was promoted and he became the manager in Potiphar's house. But later he was imprisoned. And later, when he was in prison, he was made the prison manager. But then it kept on going and going and going until he said, I want to get out of this place. It's tough for me. But later, God raised him again until he became the second in command in Egypt. Brothers and sisters, this is how life is. Life is full of contradictions. This is the true story of your life. Your life is full of ups and downs. Ups and downs. Ups and downs. Ups and downs. And some of you, as I'm speaking right now, you are up. Maybe you just got a raise. You just got a job. You just bought a new house. You just got healed from COVID. That's actually where your life is. You are still excited. But as I'm speaking, some of you, your life is down. Your life is down. It looks like there is nothing good going on in your life. It looks like, it looks like everything is just opposing you. It looks like there's nobody who cares about you. 
But that's life. That's life. That's how our lives are. It's full of ups and downs. It's full of good times and bad times. Like I said, Abraham and Isaac probably could have spent some time with their grandchildren. Probably they explained to them. They told them what God said. And I'm sure Joseph also probably, he knew where he came from. Like I said, you know, he was forgotten by the cupbearer. And Pharaoh had a dream. And they had to call Joseph to come and interpret that dream. Let me say this to you, my brother, my sister. People will need you when they need you. That's how people are. If they don't need anything from you, they will forget about you. They don't care about you. They won't even say hi to you. They won't even send you a WhatsApp message. People, they, Once people come back to you, in most cases it's when they need something from you. Just like with, the, uh, with, with this cup bearer. He forgot about Joseph for two years. But when they, they needed him, he came back. Life is full of ups and downs. In your life, there will be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Joseph woke up one day in the morning as a prisoner, but he went back to sleep that evening as a prime minister in Egypt. I always ask myself, how did Potiphar and his wife, how did they feel when they had to directly report to Joseph this time? Now Joseph, instead of being their slave, I mean they said, that guy was our, he was a slave. He, he was, he's our former slave. And now he's their boss, he's their manager, he's their director. Because all of them now, they are reporting directly to Joseph. The very same people who enslaved him. The very same people who betrayed him. The very same people who lied about Joseph. Now, they had to report to Joseph. Joseph had to give them a job description. My brother, my sister, your life may look hopeless. My situation may look hopeless. But God can turn your hopeless situation around. Let's look at how Joseph responded. Joseph responded to his suffering with faith, meekness, and humility. And my question to you is, how are you responding? How are you responding? No matter what looks like it's failure in your life, maybe you have failed in your relationship, maybe you have failed at school, maybe you have failed to find a good job, no matter what it looks like, you have been rejected by your own family. And some of you have been betrayed by the people that you trusted. Like what happened with Joseph. Some of you have been rejected by some people around you. And they said things that you never thought they would ever say about you. No matter what you are going through right now, the common purpose is one. All these things at the end will work together for your good. It's like baking a cake. All these individual ingredients of your life, all these individual experiences that you are going through. I know we may not understand it right now. And maybe you're asking yourself a lot of questions. As to why, why do I have to go through this? But let me say this to you. God knows what you're going through. God knows. As we are going to close, let's look at the lessons that we can learn from Joseph's life. Number one, God had a purpose for allowing Joseph to suffer. God had a purpose. And the same with you, God has a purpose. And Joseph summarized the purpose. When he found and finally found the purpose in the last chapter that you said uh, that Joseph start, I mean Joseph's life consists of. From chapter 37 all the way to chapter 50. In verse, in verse 20, Genesis chapter chapter 50, verse 20. Joseph says, you intended to harm me. He was talking to his brothers. Those who sold him. He says to them, you intended to harm me. But God intended it all for good. Oh my goodness. It's like he read Romans chapter 8, verse 28. That's Joseph. He says, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. 
God wants to use you through your experiences. God wants to use you through what you're going through right now. There are things that God wanted Joseph to learn. And some of the things that God was doing, he was preparing for leadership. And when you are a leader, there are things that you can only experience and learn through experience. Not through a book. Not through a seminar. Not through a conference. Not a theory, a theory, but God wanted Joseph to experience this. So when he becomes a leader, he will have a better understanding. I'm not going to read all this. Uh, I'm not going to read all these uh, chapters here and the verses that are the scriptures that are here. But I'm going to send you a copy of this presentation, all of you. Just make sure you go to drmanasa.com and click contact us. And once you contact us and let me know that you're asking for the copy of this. Uh, presentation. I'm going to send it to you so you have enough time to go through the scriptures that we'll mention here. Number one, God wanted Joseph to learn. He wanted to help him to overcome prideful attitude and to learn humility. You remember, Joseph was one of the, was a favorite son of Jacob. Actually, even gave him a special coat of many colors. So I, I could believe that Joseph was prideful at that point. All his brothers, they will go out to the field, but Joseph, he will stay with his father. He will stay at home. Very favorite son. So probably God said, I don't want a leader who will be prideful. And he had to find a way to humiliate him. And I'm sure out of that experience in chapter 15, Joseph was very humble. God wanted to teach and to train him how to serve. He served under Potiphar. He served in prison. He served in different places. And we see that in Genesis chapter 39, from verse 22 to 23. Genesis chapter 40, we see the same thing. God also wanted to train him to be faithful. Remember what Potiphar's wife did to him. He remained faithful. He was faithful in the prison. He was faithful everywhere he served. And God wanted him to learn to be faithful. Because we want faithful leaders. Oh, I can't talk much about that. We need faithful leaders. Leaders who are not corrupt. Leaders who will not abuse our trust. And God wanted to produce a faithful leader out of Joseph. God wanted to prepare him to comfort others. This is very important, brothers and sisters. All the things that Joseph went through, he knew, God knew that one day somebody will come to him and say, Joseph, somebody lied about me. And Joseph will say, oh, I went through that. Somebody sold me. And Joseph said, I went through that. Somebody betrayed my trust. Joseph said, I went through that. All the things, all the experiences that Joseph went through, it became his testimony. And some of you, you are so much judgmental to people who are failing in life. Because you have never failed. Until you go through failure, you never understand failure. Until you, until you go through some of the challenges that other people are going through, you will never be able to help them sometimes. You become more sympathetic. When you also have gone through failure. When you have gone through those sicknesses and diseases. And out of it, now you get healed. When somebody says, I also have COVID. Now you become more sympathetic because you understand what they are going through. You understand their pain. You can identify with them. When somebody says, I have lost my father. Now you start to understand what it means. And you can sympathize with them. You can comfort them. My brother, my sister, what you're going through right now, God is preparing you so that you can be able to understand what people are going through in their lives. And God wants to prepare him to lead his brothers to repentance. Maybe if, if he didn't go through that, he would not have forgiven them. And maybe they would not have repented. But at the end, they repented. They said, we are sorry. You will see that uh, towards the end. In Genesis chapter 50. God also wanted to teach him how jealousy can cause suffering. And how to be patient and understand how people feel when they are betrayed. We see that in Genesis chapter 40 verse 23. 
So God wanted Joseph to go through this so he will understand how other people feel. And he will understand how jealousy can destroy relationships. How jealousy can destroy your family. How jealousy can destroy organizations. How jealousy can destroy churches. How jealousy can destroy pastors. How jealousy can destroy couples' relationships. Jealousy is a dangerous thing. It's very, very dangerous. But Joseph had to go through that so he would understand. And also to place him in a position to tell Pharaoh of God's power. If Joseph didn't go through all those ranks, didn't go through all these situations until he became the prime minister, maybe he would not have gotten a chance to share God's power with Pharaoh. To share the dream. And he said, I'm not the one who can interpret dreams, but God in heaven can do that. He would not have gotten that opportunity to do that. Joseph rejected bitterness and chose to forgive. I know some of you are angry right now because somebody did something you never expected. Some of you are bitter right now. I want to say to you, my brother, choose to forgive. It's for your help. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 18, the Bible says, Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. And they said to him, look, we humble ourselves. Now we are your slaves. Do whatever you want to do with us. But let's, let's look at Joseph's reply. But Joseph replied in verse 19. He says, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? No. You, you intended to harm me. You intended to destroy my character. You intended to destroy me. You, you intended to blackmail me. But God intended it all for good. He brought me into this position so I could save the lives of many people. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, brothers and sisters. If Joseph knew when he was thrown in the pit, I don't know that if ever he saw it. That that was part of the purpose. When he was sold. I don't know if he thought that was part of the purpose. He did not see that. He was just focusing on this on the small box. He did not focus on the wheelbarrow that is being stolen. He did not focus at all. By the way, being put in the pit is part of the dream. And some of you, whatever you're going through right now, you don't know that it's part of your purpose. It's part of your dream. He says, he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And I like verse 21. No, don't be afraid. He assures them. He comforts them. I will continue to take care of you. And your children. I wonder how many of us will do that. When somebody has sold you. Somebody has betrayed you. Somebody has lied about you. Somebody has lied to you. And later he said to them. Don't worry I will take care of you. So he reassured them. By speaking kindly. To them. Another lesson that we learned from Joseph. God's plans. And purposes are far greater than our own. Whatever you are going through right now. It's part of God's plan. And God can turn your situation around. God provides and blesses those who persevere to follow Him even in their pain. Brothers and sisters, please don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Even in your pain, God will still bless you. God will still provide for you. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord who provides. And God can use the most painful time of your life for his good. Your pain. One day will become the testimony. As we always say. Your test will become your testimony one day. You will testify of the goodness of the Lord. And he said the Lord was good to me. Even when I got through. When I went through the difficult time. When I went through the most difficult crucial time of my life. The Lord was good to me. God honors your patience and your perseverance even in times of trouble. Stay the course. Stay the course. Trust Him. God knows what He's doing in your life. Continue to trust Him even in your pain. Don't lose hope. Continue to pray, my brother. Continue to pray, my sister. Continue. Don't lose your faith. You may not understand the purpose of your current pain, but there is a purpose. Just because you don't know the purpose, it does not mean there is no purpose. Just because you don't understand the purpose, it does not mean there is no purpose. All those ingredients 
of life. God says he can use them for your good. Romans 8.28 Again it says, And we know that God causes everything. Everything means, underline the word everything in your Bible. Everything means everything. Everything means your good times. Everything means your pain. Everything means your, 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 no, your, your most difficult moment in your life. That also is included. Everything means when somebody lied about you. Everything means when you lost your parents. Everything means when you lost your sister. Everything means when you lost your aunt. Everything means when you lost your job. Everything that goes through in your life, God can change them. God will, will make them to work together for your good. As long as we continue to love God, continue to love God, continue to love God, continue to love God, and His purposes will be fulfilled in your life. My brother, my sister, there is hope. There is hope. No matter what you are going through in your life, there is hope. There is hope. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. The Bible says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. That's Paul. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I could imagine Paul emotionally saying these words. And I have a full chapter in my book, leading from the second chair, about this. He says, I have fought the good fight. Just imagine Paul as tears were coming down his cheeks. And he says, I have finished the race. I have finished the race. But I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. And he says, verse 8, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also, this includes you, my brother, but also, this includes you, my pastor, this includes you, my sister, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Are you longing for his appearing? Are you looking forward for his appearing? That is the bigger picture. That is the bigger picture. The bigger picture is the end of the story. My question is, how will your story end? How will your story end? If you look at the life of Paul, his life was battle after battle, struggle after struggle. But the good thing he says, I have I've kept the faith. I have kept the faith. There is hope, even in your hopeless situation. Please keep the faith. Let's pray.